0: this week on surf charleston we made it to double digits episode number 10 and we're bringing you some more exclusive two feet and classy content as we speak with local surfer chris sizemore who worked hand in hand with patrick willie to put together this awesome cult classic film two feet and classy We are Surf Charleston Podcast. All right. I wanted to start it off by thanking Patrick Willie from last week for chatting with me about Two Feet in Classy, all his great travels around the area here, surfing down to Mexico and Costa Rica and all those great places he uh, was able to stop by. And he was an awesome guy. It was great conversations. I got some great feedback from the episode last week, so I really do appreciate your time, Patrick, for uh, giving us some good insights on the movie, which I absolutely love. It's a cult classic here in the area and I think everybody should hit them up and let them know how much you appreciated the movie and uh, um, definitely check it out if you haven't checked it out. Heading in here to episode 10, double digits. It only took us about a year but we made it and I think we're getting some progress here lately, popping out episodes weekly and hopefully we can keep that up. But it pretty much has been about a year since we came up with this concept of uh, know kind of promoting uh, surfing here in Charleston Uh, actually it was um, just around July 14th I believe is when I pretty much just started saying it's not just an idea anymore it's something I really wanted to do Uh, we didn't put out the trailer until about the 24th I think it was or 29th something like that Uh, so it was all about a year ago as this all started coming together and here we are just making double digits episodes at least we're heading in the right direction and uh, I'm pretty proud of the way it's been coming along, especially here lately. Uh, speaking of anniversaries, and a bigger one in the sur- surfing world, 30 years ago on Monday, the 12th, Point Break came out in July 12, I'm sorry, 1991. And uh, so, if you're thinking about it, you should probably watch that this week, and it'll be pretty cool because it's been 30 years. You know, some of us are realizing that that went by real quick. That was 30 years. But, uh, you know, that movie is pretty much a, another cult classic here in the surfing community. So pretty much everyone, you know, always refers to that movie and, and has a lot of fun with that movie. So uh, it's pretty cool that it's been out for 30 years there. So to celebrate that this weekend and, and check that movie out again if you haven't seen it in a long time. And before we head into the interview with Chris Sizemore, another... Uh, uh, Buddy from uh, Patrick, who he was talking about, about last week, kind of helped him put this whole movie together. So, wanted to get Chris's insights on the movie. But before we head into that, just wanted to remind everybody because this is uh, kind of the last few days here to sign up for the Gromfest, which is coming up on the seventeenth and eighteenth. So, if you wanted to head, o- head over to McEviland Surf Shop and sign up some of the young grums and your family for the uh, festival that the fest, Grom fest coming up here on the seventeenth and eighteenth. Um, participate in that i'm sure you'll have lots of fun um, so we'll head into the interview here now with chris sizemore local surfer part of two Feet and classy and a whole bunch more excited to hear his story All right, let's jump into it. I'm here with local surfer, co creator of Two Feet and Classy, Chris Sizemore. How's it going, bud?
1: Hey, Chris. Yeah, it's going great, man. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, I appreciate your time as well. Um, and I just wanted to, well, before we jump into some of the Two Feet and Classy stuff after talking with Patrick last week, um, why don't you just give us your background and uh, where are you originally from, Charleston area, or did you grow up somewhere else and move here later on? What's your kind of background?
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm not from Charleston originally. I'm one of the transplants. Um, I grew up in Virginia and moved here in 2010 and then met my wife here. So developed roots here through that. Um, she's a local surfer as well. So we met through surfing, which is pretty cool. And then, yeah, she comes from a long line of surfers, So I had to get really good, really fast. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, just, uh, did a stint in Mexico for a couple of years and now we're back with our little girl and just enjoying the local community here.
0: Awesome. So your wife is the one that kind of got you for that passion to grow for surfing. You kind of fell in love with surfing with, uh, with that connection through your wife and having such a strong background with it.
1: Um, I was already surfing. I was already obsessed with it, but she worked at a surf shop at the time. And, um, I was looking at fins and yeah, she, her mom surfs really well. Um, and yeah, it just kind of fell into it that way. I really like hit the ground running with it right before we got together. And then, you know, we both had the same passion for surfing. So that kind of like catapulted when we got together, which was cool.
0: That's a, yeah, it's a good thing to have in common. Cause it could kind of take up a lot of your time there sometimes so to have somebody else that you could paddle out with that's uh you know somebody that you want to spend that much time with it's it's a cool thing so that's that's really awesome
1: yeah Yeah. we had a lot of a lot of date nights initially uh surf sessions
0: (laughs) that's a good way you could talk a little bit but then you can kind of you know do your own thing so you're not just you know it's a good balance especially start off like you said a few good dates there so uh, you moved to Charleston, two thousand ten, you said. Um, and then when did you hook up with, uh, kind of become friends with Patrick, and kind of start rumbling the idea around of, um, of this movie?
1: Oh man, um, I want to say, man, even that's a
0: good question. Um, <laughs> I didn't mean to put you on the I spot. Feel like it...
1: It... No, I feel like I feel like we met at the pier. Like he was getting into surfing and. Um, I ran the pier pretty hard at the time, and um, I think that's how we met. I don't know. He might know better than me. Um, I want to say this was like 2013, 2014 ish, and then our buddy Chad started the Surf Film Festival, and we had toyed around the idea of uh, making a movie. It was really just you know a passion project, and then. You know we got some of the local legends involved with foster and, and glenn tanner and um it really just kind of snowballed into this thing whatever this th- this thing became um which was it, it was really cool we had a lot of support from the local community which was awesome um and it was just cool to you know showcase you know folly isn't necessarily the the most world-class wave in the world but you know it is our wave and it does get good you just have to patient
0: yeah and it definitely came across I, I love the movie i mean the local ties brings me into it and makes me enjoy it even more which i think is obviously why you got such great support behind it because there wasn't really much like that before so it's really cool to see that kind of local angle to it and bring him in foster into it uh, that part must have been awesome for you um to, to be able to have that kind of history there it was, it was very well done and, uh, you know, it's definitely awesome to, to be able to see that. And now it's part of history that, you know, I, from talking to Patrick about this and having kind of some buzz about it the last few weeks when I was talking about doing it, I was watching it, so I was putting it out there in social media and I was just getting such great responses. Me personally, obviously you guys probably get more responses than me, but the people that were just interested in in finding out more about it and finding it. So have you gotten that response yourself and kind of what would your, you know, feelings about all the responses that you've been getting about it, um, you know, after it started playing at the festival and all that kind of stuff?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was all positive. Um, you know, we were in, and still are really into longboarding. So it's, it's just cool to see your friends in a movie that you surf with pretty much every day um, and have that documented, you know, and um, I think that's, you know, one of the main reasons that it was received so well is like, You know, we showed it at the film festival and everyone knew everyone that was surfing. So um, there was that camaraderie in the film itself. And then we had Patrick's uh, wild child plot that had a little (laughs) bit of point break, a little bit of (laughs) all kinds of uh, movie parodies and stuff.
0: Yeah, he definitely has fun with that character. It kind of reminds me of that guy that was in that famous news clip that just kept saying he got pitted when they were talking about the hurricane. And that's all yeah,
1: and yeah, Chodes Mahoney was conceived during uh, Two Feet and Classy too. Yeah, that was, uh, he has a bunch of good uh Instagram posts and stuff. If you go back, he's quite the character when he turns old <laughs> Chodes on.
0: Yeah, he loves the Chodes. It's it's cool to see. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I know you mentioned it a little bit, uh maybe tied into the longboarding app because you get such good experience here by the pier. Like you said, you were always out there. Um, you had some experience in Mexico in. And uh, even with the the Mexlog Fest, that's a pretty popular one down there.
1: Yeah, so um, my wife and I and Patrick and Tanya drove our crappy vans down to Mexico, Um, took us like, I want to say like six days the first time. And we basically just camped and surfed and explored. They ended up having to come back up to Charleston after about three months and you get a six-month tourist visa, so my wife and I decided to stay. Um, and yeah, the, so we stayed. Uh, we fulfilled our visa. We went up to California, basically drove the entire Pacific Coast up, and just like stopped and looked at every headland. And I want to say I surfed, you know, the majority of the like the m- most known waves uh, going up the the Pacific side of Mexico there. And then we went to southern california and hung out at sano for about a month and a half and then we drove back across the country to charleston and decided that we were going to move there indefinitely and we sold everything that we owned here and we drove back and that was the year that they ran uh the Log there and uh they actually ran the duct tape there as well the first year so that was it was cool to see you know people that you've you know, looked up to for their surfing ability to see them in person and got to meet a bunch of, you know, cool guys that were in that scene and um, hang out with them because there's no, you know, TV really. <laughs> so you just kind of sit and in a hammock and talk shop in the afternoons, which is, it's really cool.
0: Yeah, that's cool. What really drew you into, you and your wife wanting to move back there and kind of stay a little bit more long-term? Was it purely surfing or was there something else to it uh, that kind of pulled you guys into that, where you, uh, into Mexico and that kind of area where you were? Um, I I mean,
1: yeah, primarily it it was surfing, you know, and then you get down there and, um, you know, you get just enveloped in the culture and the people are super friendly and the weather's awesome. Um, It's just a culmination of everything. The wave's super consistent and, you know, at the time, my wife and I were really, um, you know, headstrong and, and getting better or the best that we could be at longboarding. Um, so it was just a really cool canvas to spend some time on and get dialed and, you know, try things. And um, yeah, that was the whole, the, initially the reason was, was surfing.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty cool. Just kind of just pack up, you know, sell off everything and just, just make uh, make the move. That's a pretty ballsy move there. I'm, that's, I'm pretty jealous that you were you were, had the you had the cojones to do that. What was your response from my you know the people up here, where your family and friends and all that stuff were they kind of supportive and everything?
1: No, my mom thought I was crazy. Um, her <laughs> was parents good. weren't stoked. Um, and you know, I bought like I bought an old van from my buddy that. Was questionable whether it would make it, and we ended up doing around thirty thousand miles through Mexico in it. So it turned out to be a great, a great investment. Thanks, Peter, for the uh, van hookup. We ran it hard, um, but yeah, they thought they thought we were crazy. And even when we were down there, and let me prerequisite this to say that I work online, so we were working. We weren't just surf bombs or like some trust fund kids or something. Like I was working, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's how we were able to to make it happen.
0: That's awesome. And what eventually made you guys come back? Just uh, the overall, you know, missing the family and friends and everything and just kind of coming back or was it something particular that kind of brought you back to, to the States and then Charleston even more specifically?
1: Yeah. So we kind of had a, a change of plans. We, we actually purchased some property down there and the plan was to, you know, build a little casita and, and, live a surfing life. And, um, my wife ended up getting pregnant and we were actually, we, we were in, in, uh, Pavones in Costa Rica and we found out she was pregnant and, um, we just bought the property. So we, uh, I was like, well, let's, you know, we can have the baby in Mexico and then we can transfer the property to our baby. And, we just, we flew all over Mexico and my wife at the end her just got intuition was to come back to be with family um, and to come back to her roots. So we basically, and I wish I would have documented it better, but we basically packed up all of this, all of the, everything that we own in the van and our pit bull at the time and two cats that she adopted and my wife, seven and a half months pregnant and we're crossing the border. It was like something from a movie. <laughs> our van was our van was rusted out from being on the beach, and it was just leaking, and all of our stuff was soaking wet. And it was—it oh, was literally something off of a movie. It's funny.
0: That must have could have been good feeling when you got back home and kind of, can kind of get back to. Somewhat, you know. I mean, obviously, you had, you, had, you enjoyed your time down there, but you know, once you got back, I'm sure after that long drive, I'm sure with your wife being out much pregnant, it probably it was a good kind of relief too. At some point, I would assume.
1: Yeah, it was, you know, we, we got, when we were living there, we got all the time, you know, people asking us if we missed anything or what we missed, um, about living in the States. And it's really just biscuits and
0: good it, always southern cooking. To, it always comes down to food. Anybody I've talked <laughs> like, to, it's a lot of transplants out here. You know, I, I, even, I talk about it cause I'm originally from New York. So I said, I miss the pizza. I miss the bacon, egg and cheese and the, uh, everything. It's everything's fine. You know? you know obviously family and everything but when it comes down to the superficial things it's always the food <laughs> we're so yeah. set on our foods that we once we change it up like that i always find that's the funniest answers
1: yeah f- well family foremost and and then biscuits
0: <laughs> i do love those since i moved down here so I, I could i could see missing out on those so you mentioned it obviously you guys have your daughter now she's she's. you said she's two now
1: She's two and a half, almost two and two. a half. Okay.
0: So how would, how do you find balancing that new uh, being a father and wanting to be there as much as possible, then also trying to continue to surf as much as you possibly can? Have you found that perfect balance yet, or is that something that you think uh, is always an adjustment depending on how old she is and, and all that kind of stuff? Have you, have you found it to be even different at all?
1: Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, it's drastically different um, because my wife and I are, are both – you know, adamant surfers. Um, we usually alternate. Well, we almost always alternate. Um, and then, you know, her being like her, like I said, her mom surfs really well. So, she, Dea will be my daughter. Will be third generation Charleston surfer, which is 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 really cool, especially if she gets into it. Um, so, I'm really just trying to bring her to the beach and spend time with her in the water and get her comfortable and not, you know, push her to surf, but you know, have a boogie board there. if She wants to boogie board and just play in the waves and and make sure that she knows that it's, it's a safe place if you respect it. And, um, but it's definitely, you know, it's always a balance. Um, when we came back, I, you know, when we were in Mexico, I, I was, I was surfing so much. I was, if it was good, it would be nothing for me to put in a five or six hour day. And that was consecutively, you know, six or seven times or like, yeah, if it's good, I mean, you know, five to six times a week at least. Uh, So coming back, I was, you know, kind of fell into a a bit of a sedentary lifestyle. And that's when I decided to pick up kiting and uh, started uh, riding strapless surfboards with the kite. And that's really helped uh, like alleviate some of my Froth, I guess, for good <laughs> waves. Yeah, because I mean, here we get so much wind, and you can really turn, you know, a swell window where you would have, you know, maybe two good surfing days in the back end when the wind's good. You can turn it into, you know, a four or five day, uh, with with the addition of the kite, So that's really helped. And then, you know, when we when there are good waves, I, I usually let my wife surf first, so she can, uh, you know, get her froth out. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Kite surfing. I haven't really have gotten the, any experience with that. H- how do you like that? I mean, is that, like you said, I know it gives you you know, a different way to kind of get out there and let loose. Well, how did you get comfortable enough to just go without feeling like you're just going to, I mean, I, this might sound stupid, but just, it seems pretty crazy without just, um, how do you get the comfortability with just pretty much going out there and trying it out? Have, you think you had
1: definitely take a lesson. Yeah. (laughs) Um, because you need to learn how not to die. Um, that's the most important. And then just, I mean, like anything else, YouTube's an awesome resource, uh, just learning about, uh, you know, the wind window and where the power is in the wind and, um, yeah, really just making sure that you're not putting yourself in dangerous, dangerous situations as you, you know, progress. I, I will say having learned both that, um, the whole kite surfing is, is it's way quicker to learn than, than surfing, especially here where we have such varying conditions on a daily basis. But, um, you know, I, I, look at it just as an extension of, of surfing. Obviously it's never going to replace surfing, but um, I think it's just a good way um, to get out on the water and, and practice. Like, I mean, like I said, if you ride a strapless surfboard, you can practice rail turns and you can practice errors and you just time on top of a board is just going to improve your surfing all around.
0: Absolutely. So That's yeah. That's cool. I mean, I de- if you, um, I definitely have to get into that one of these days, I don't think I'm getting into it just yet, but that's something that's on my bucket list. So I have to reach out to you and get, get, get some more tips on that one. If I ever get into that, <laughs> but uh, what, what's yeah, your overall absolutely. scenes on um, the Charleston surf scene? I know you kind of tapped on it a lot saying, you know, we, sometimes you have to be a little, are you, are you big on the forecasting and kind of looking at your own ways of kind of figuring out the wind? I know obviously you're very educated on the wind and all that kind of stuff Or now that you're a father, do you have to be more selective? Like you, obviously when you go out, you you big on the forecasting and, and what you have your own little method of uh, figuring it out.
1: Yeah. I mean, I use several different um, forecasting sites and, you just kind of have to know local weather patterns and, and monitor storms especially this time of year and just a lot of times you just have to go to the beach and look at it right like a surf cam can only tell you so much and there's nothing like seeing it firsthand and go to the beach prepared right bring a longboard bring a groveler if it's gonna be big bring a step up but just be be prepared and get out there and look at it that way you know what the ocean's doing.
0: So what what, what is your quiver looking like these days? What else you got besides the long board in, in your uh, in your quiver?
1: Oh man uh, well at one point we have boards scattered too you have a couple boards in Mexico um, I have some boards up here. At one point we my wife and I had a problem. I think we had like 18 or 19 boards between the two of us. So we've whittled that down um, (laughs) as we've gotten back. But right now I have uh, have a 10-0 log. It's a deviated septum from a buddy of mine, uh, Justin Quintal, who rides for his company, Black Rose. Um, He's just a good friend and he's always uh, hooked us up on board, so my wife rides a a Black Rose log as well. And then I have a, a little mini Simmons that I love that I would need to get replaced. I just beat it up super bad in Mexico. And then I had a mid-length that I got rid of that was really fun, but it just didn't, it was kind of thin. It didn't really work for the waves up here. It was definitely a a better point board when it was, you know, overhead. Um, And then my wife has a bunch of old, like, Ricky Carroll natural art boards in the back. And um, what else does she have? She has a little Pazelle groveler, And then she has a little mini as well that's pretty much – I mean, I feel like if you're going to surf in Charleston, if you have a log and you have a little grobler, I mean, 90% of the time, you'll be fine with those two boards.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You always got to have a little mini Simmons or something in that hole so you can just pull out and have some fun with no matter what's going on. So, yeah, it's definitely – those are some great East Coast boards for sure. Definitely uh, Mm -hmm. some staples. So I know you um, have some – you you work with – Nectar sunglasses, I, I love those guys. What's your what's your involvement and in, uh, you know with them?
1: Yeah, um, yeah, I've been with Nectar six, well, it'll be six years in September. I've been with them. Um, I'm a front end web developer, so I do all their website stuff. I do um, you know Photoshop the the sunglasses, uh, really kind of Swiss Army knife for whatever they need. Um, but Sean, the owner, is is a super rad guy. He's also Shreds surfs really well. So um, we kind of have our roots in surfing and, and the, the branding kind of reflects that. And um, Yeah, I just, uh, they're one of my clients and they're just local on James Island. Um, just really cool guys. Um, I love them. They're a great client of mine.
0: Yeah, it's definitely uh, great to have that local tie there with, you know, sometimes you can, go out and buy $200 sunglasses and and I just feel like you're throwing your money away. You support a local, you know, company like that. And you, like you said, they're local surfers. You're going to see them out. At, you're going to see you guys out at the pier. And I just think, uh, I just think it's awesome all the work you guys are doing. And uh, you know, it's pretty cool this, to see that, that, you know, something like that could be successful if, in in, a, in these day and ages. So it's pretty cool to to see everything that, that you guys got going on over there. So it's a, it's a lot of great work. I just wanted to make sure Uh, I mentioned that because I I love everything I see that come out from you guys, especially all the photos on Instagram and you guys do a great work. So I just want to make sure I mentioned that. That That's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's nice to be at a price point where, you know, we're still serving quality sunglasses, but yeah, like I said, you can beat them up and, you know, stop in the office or get on the website and buy a pair. We have a great warranty and you don't have to worry about it. Like I'm so tough on sunglasses. And like with kiting, I just jam them in my kite bag and then they get super sandy and like there's, I'm good. If I have a pair of sunglasses that last four or five months, that's awesome. (laughs) So I'm constantly in there like switching out glasses.
0: Yeah. It's just so much more practical to go this route. And then at the end of the day, you're supporting someone local that you could, you know, that serves the same waves as you. So it just makes so much more sense to support local and to support somebody like Nectar Sunglasses that. Like you said, it's just every side of it makes so much more sense. So it's, it's a great to yeah. see companies like that thrive in this industry. And it's, it's something that I, I want to support more. So I, I appreciate you uh, mentioning that and kind of bringing that up. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, so any other? Yeah,
1: I mean, they're good dudes, so it's, it's yeah. nice to support yeah. good people, right? Like that's, you can tell wholeheartedly they're good dudes.
0: That's what it's all about, you know, and that's kind of what I like to do with this podcast is bring people on here and just hear their story and support them and, Kind of you know, to support the whole surf industry that we have going on here because it's 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 unique there's a lot of awesome people and there's a lot of great stories so that's pretty much was my thinking of putting this podcast together just kind of letting everybody share their stories and kind of capture them like you guys did with the movie which i've probably watched a hundred times by right now uh, patrick was like he said he gave me one of his last two copies about a year ago and uh when I hit him up for him, he was so nice about it. He was like, yeah, I'll send you a copy. Don't worry. And then he was like, it's my last one or my second to last one. I was like, I didn't I didn't want to take you left. But he was like, don't worry about it. It's totally cool. So, yeah. Um, and I probably watched that thing. So, you know, it's just all about supporting yeah. the community and, and kind of stuff like that. But I know you have spent a lot of time in Mexico. But is there any other cool surf trips maybe on the East Coast or um, in other parts of the world that you've kind of got some good, good surfing into as well with you and your wife?
1: Yeah, yeah. Actually, I just um, just got back from a trip to the Outer Banks. Uh, it's about a month and a half ago with the Nectar crew. We, we went up there to, we just, man, we got so lucky. We just picked a date and we ended up scoring. Uh, we got like three solid days of surf. I haven't surfed a, a overhead wave in so long. I got wrecked a couple times, but yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we went up there for a photo shoot and just ended up, yeah, just getting great waves. We met some great people and um, just got some great shots to to roll out for for the end of you know this year and 2022. So that was a really good trip, man. It's it's not often you can pick a date or on the on the East Coast and take a trip and actually get you know two or three solid days of surf. So that was awesome.
0: Yeah, I always hear a lot of good things about the Outer Banks, so that's it's uh, it's definitely a good local. You know, I don't know if you can make it in a day trip, but you definitely can make it in a week or a weekend type of, a week, a very practical trip out of that one. So that's cool that you guys uh, went up there and scored big. That's awesome. Yeah,
1: yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, it's it's about a day trip up, but I like to try to stay at least a week if you can, because it's such a long drive up. But yeah, it's a it's a great spot and it's it's out in the middle of the ocean, so they pick up so much more swell than us and there's a little you know dog leg in it, so it, multiple directions of wind uh, work there. so it's just it's really it's really a cool spot for the east Coast.
0: definitely definitely. Um before I let you go, I just have to ask you, are you gonna get your daughter eventually into the to the grom fest here shortly? I know um, it's coming up this year, but I know she's only two, so she's probably a little young for it. but is you, you and your wife—is that something you guys are talking about, or you wait till she's a little bit older, figure it out on our own?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Whenever you know, I don't like I said, I don't want to push it because I don't want to scare her away from it. But whenever she's ready to get involved in the in ESA or GromFest, uh, we're absolutely going to do it. We're most likely going to go to the Wahine here at the end of the month, and we'll bring her down. And you know, I feel like the more she sees uh, female surfers in the water, the more comfortable she's going to be trying to get into it
0: herself. So. Cool man, I appreciate your time. Is there anything else that you wanted to to bring up or mention out there to that you wanted to get out there? We didn't talk about.
1: No, just enjoy surfing, man. Have fun. Um, it's none of us are going to get paid to do it, so just uh, enjoy it, man. Enjoy the journey.
0: That's what yeah, it's I, about. I definitely agree. It's it's especially uh, you know, like you said, we're not out here trying to to make the world's You know, the the WSL or something like that. It's just about, you know, like you said, enjoying the stoke, as you guys had in the movie from uh, Foster. So it's all about the stoke, enjoying it. Um, I appreciate you coming on here, talking a little bit more about what you experienced with your surfing life and how, you know, you and Patrick put this awesome movie together to capture this awesome Folly Beach surf scene that we have here. I I appreciate your time and, uh, you know, you have a a good one, but thank you so much.
1: And I do have to say I forgot one thing. Uh, yes. Keep keep a lookout for another movie from Patrick and I. We're in the works. We're scheming. We've taken a sabbatical. We've rested. And I think we're going to do another one. So, so you stay tuned.
0: Uh, so you're willing to, to give it the good details because I asked Patrick last week and he said, I don't know, I don't know. If an idea comes to me and then hit, and it's awesome. Like, so we get a little more insight from well, you there.
1: So after you posted it, I texted him and I was like, dude, we should do another movie. Like that was super fun. And it's what, like four or five years old now, at least maybe older than that. Um, So it's time. I mean, we did Feral. It's time to do another one. So stay tuned. I'm sure, I'm sure Cho's Mahoney will post on TV (laughs) Classy's Instagram as soon as, as soon as we get it, get our ducks in a row.
0: Sounds good. I'm looking forward to it. I definitely will promote the, promote it fully. So, uh, you know, definitely Everyone, let everybody know where actually your Instagram is, so they could follow you and keep up with that too. If you were to put some stuff out there, if you wouldn't mind.
1: Yeah, uh, mine is just at ct underscore sizemore s i z e m o r e, and then Patrick's is at two feet and classy. So
0: awesome.
1: as as soon as we as soon as we figure get our stuff sorted and and figure out uh, a direction, yeah, we'll definitely post some stuff and keep everyone in the loop. That's a good tease.
0: I like it. Uh, so stay tuned for some more information from those guys. And, uh, you know, I appreciate your time, But You have a good one. Yeah.
1: Thanks. Thanks for having me. Thanks.
0: Thank you. thank you so much. Big thank you goes out to Chris Sizemore for your time on this episode. It was awesome to hear about your insights on fatherhood and surfing your time in Mexico and all the awesome stuff that went into Two Feet and Classy, a Charleston Folly Beach surf flick. Appreciate your time. Definitely follow him on Instagram at CT underscore Sizemore to support him and follow him going forward with all he has going on. Once again, just want to thank everybody for listening and showing support to the show. If you can subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, and Apple Podcasts, it would just help grow the show. Keep the stoke alive and have a great week. We are Surf Charleston Charleston Podcasts.